from the heart of Dubai, where tomorrow is being built today to the world. Welcome to the CTO Show with Mehmet. Here, we redefine technology and reimagine possibilities. With Mehmet, delve into the riveting realms of AI, cybersecurity, and digital technology. Experience the thrilling highs and lows of startups. Immerse yourself in the spirit of entrepreneurship and witness the future of business innovation being written in real time. Now, without further ado, let's tune in and explore the future. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the CTO Show with Mehmet. Today, I'm very pleased to have with me Alexander joining me from Texas in the U.S., Alexander, thank you very much for being with me here. The way I love to do it, I keep it to my guests to introduce themselves because I think this is the best way to do it. So the floor is yours. Well, thank you. Um, well, I'm Alexander De Ritter. I, um, I run a, um, an AI startup company called smithos.com. Smith with a Y. And um, before that, I built some um, marketing agencies heavily powered with AI technology. Um, we had successful exits on those companies. Before that, I was a um, fractional CTO and a for hire consultant. And um, I have been working uh, in the field of machine learning uh, professionally um, since 2008. And before that, I studied computer science in Belgium, where I grew up and was born. I thought I'd give you the Benjamin Button version backward. <laughs> <laughs> you, did perfectly, you did it perfectly well, Alexander. Actually, you know, maybe sometimes people see it as a um, traditional or let's say very frequent question, but you know, I love to know also more and understand more. So what brought you to this domain and why did you choose AI now recently as, as your latest startup? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I have big convictions about technology and where things are headed, right? So um, the first time I started working in machine learning, it was just because it was the only way to achieve a certain objective. At that time, it was for digital kiosks and digital science to recognize uh, the audience that they were um, interacting with, uh, gender, emotions, things like age, estimation, things like that to make the experience more secure and reliable. Um, some of that technology can be found in airports now. Um, and when, um, when 2012, um, deep learning started becoming uh, more popular again, thanks to uh, CUDA, which allows you to train neural networks on consumer level graphic cards. Uh, well, for me, that changed everything uh, because I saw that Neural networks could replace, I mean, years of my work um, relatively easy. Uh, if you had the data, you could replace all that very advanced machine learning feature extraction that we had developed and in a relatively short amount of time. Um, so I got very fascinated by that. Now, um, I'm also um, a, quite an SEO expert. Um, not as much in other marketing channels as, a, as, as having specialized in Google. Um, you know, that cat and mouse game with Google uh, that everyone talks about, like yeah. gaming the system. 
I've been playing that cat and mouse game since 2004. And so by the time neural networks came around, um, well, in popularity, um, cause they've been around since the 1960s. Um, then I immediately knew this was a, an arrow in Google's kits that they, that would be too good for them to resist using. Right. So everyone was constantly trying to game the system with backlinks, but neural networks would give Google a new way to evaluate the quality of content and the relevance of content. And so with Google, it's all about serving links that answer and meet the user search intent. So when I, when I came to that realization, um, started, um, started enterprise SEO agencies and agency one, uh, had one agency that was not for enterprise, um, which I sold. Um, but the, the understanding was critical. Um, SEO would completely be changed due to neural networks. And so then 2016, Google came out with rank brain, um, evaluating, basically it's like a reinforcement learning with human feedback loop where, um, where Google takes the data from, um, Chrome browsers, Android, Google usage, um, and tries to put Humpty Dumpty together. If your content is actually satisfying users who search for a certain, uh, key phrase in a given context. And so that, that just led to me developing my own AI to reverse engineer that I created, um, sparse embedding technologies, um, a few patents around this and, um, yeah. And then continue to work in AI, my current, uh, my current startup. And so these have been really successful. My current startup is, uh, smithos.com. And so the idea around this one came in 2023 this year in March when GPT four was released, mm -hmm. um, the very first week we, um, we instantly explored its capabilities and the brand new capabilities it had that it, that GPT three didn't have at that time was, um, the ability to call functions with JSON, um, knowing when to ask for help. And, um, that was that to me, that, that would change the world. Um, I instantly recognized that it, that would change everything we know about marketing again. Uh, that it would change how we do work, um, and it would have huge societal impact. Um, I, we ended up starting with, uh, with our engineering team. We started building our own internal version of auto GPT before auto GPT was released to the public in the open source domain and came to the conclusion that it was not ready for prime time. Uh, so we didn't take that further. And the reason was that, um, Multi-agent systems are only as good as the agents that are in it. And, um, and it's the same thing. If you make a company from toddlers versus a company made of experienced business people, you'll have very different outcomes. So at the time they launched auto GPT, it got really popular really quickly, mostly around the idea that multi-agent systems and agent systems would revolutionize the world. But it was an idea that was not ready for prime time. Um, and so what we did this year is we, we built a lot of agents ourselves. 
um, we were implementing, believe it or not, our own version of Langchain as well until we saw Langchain got very popular. But um, we noticed there were severe shortcomings. Um, it was very hard to, it was not accessible. People needed to know how to code a lot. Uh, debugging and maintenance was just hell. It doesn't work with multimodal systems. It doesn't incorporate some of the best ideas that have been going around like um, multi-agent orchestration and so forth. Now, now here we are, um, we're now almost December, 2023. And if you look at the landscape, um, agents have just been popularized with, um, with make your own GPT, but less mm -hmm. noticed in the news is, um, Microsoft released their Copilot studio, which brings agents to all Microsoft enterprise team, uh, chat, uh, which is a game changer and brings it to 1.4 billion windows 10 and 11 users as well, which is a game changer. So I have been, you know, on, on record, on stage, keynotes, podcasts, everything. I have been saying that, uh, agents would be the next phase of, of how we use AI and that next year will be the year of the AI agent. Um, this is going to fundamentally reshape how companies reach their customers. It's going to fundamentally change how we do work in our companies. And, um, it's, it's quite exciting. So Smith OS is basically the first enterprise ready tool today, um, that can let businesses start building these experiences of the future. Wow. Like you, you, you discussed many things and I will maybe come to each one of them, Alexander, uh, one by one. Right. So or whatever you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, all, all are interesting topics, but let's start with where we, where you started now. Some people are saying, because I want to discuss this and then move to, to the other topics. I see a lot of people on different platforms, whether on X, previously known as Twitter or other places, saying that because of AI, SEO, as we know it, is going away. Is that true? Is that the case? Okay. The, the truth and short answer is no. But it will be radically different than what you think is SEO today. Um, so let's just start with the pre-agent era of, um, of this answer, because there's a pre-AI agent and a post-AI agent answer to, S to this question. Right. And the, in the pre-agent era, um, AI explodes the content supply exponentially, whereas the demand, well, people are not exponentially making babies anymore. So it's easy enough to see that that creates a content gap that is exponentially rising, right? So what that means pre-agent era is that as AI proliferates, content supplies reach such incredible heights that it becomes impossible for people in, in the limit to be found by their audience. Unless you are an incredible brand, an incredible authority, um, and just like anything else in the world, right? The 1% ends up owning, you know, the vast majority of attention. 
leaving the rest of us basically almost impossible to break through. That is the pre-Asian world. Um, and that's simply, that's simple mathematics, right? AI creates an infinite content supply. That means that it's harder for you to get attention because the competition has increased so much, right? Um, in the post AI agent world that changes, uh, again, um, so in a post agent world, everyone has a Siri or a Google assistant that is so ridiculously good, um, at helping you organize your calendar, your email, your drive, your meetings, your home, um, internet of things, your, your transportation, your questions, your shopping. Um, these AI assistants are so good, um, that you're going to start interacting more with them than with a traditional Google search page. Um, now in this new world, uh, it's not just Google, it's, it's, um, it's also, um, Amazon, it's also Microsoft, it's also Apple, it's, um, it's, it's meta. And all of them have AI assistants and there is a, just like the browser wars, there's an AI assistant war going on. Eventually that may coalesce again around a clear winner in the market. But for the next, I think five, six years, at least, uh, we are going to see SEO shifting to an omni-channel organic approach. It's not going to be like it was in the last 20 years where Google was king. Uh, you're going to have to reach your, your organic customers across many, many assistants, um, AI assistants that is. And so the way you're going to do that is, um, these AI assistants do not have the time or patience to in real time, uh, go browse your webpage as customers have real time information needs. Um, some of it will still index the, the web as we know it. But most of this is going to shift to brands hosting, uh, plugins, tools, skills, whatever you want to call it, that the AI agents can in, in real time interact with, for example, um, to, to know if your electric car is charged, um, you know, that's not something you can know by simply indexing tesla.com, right? You have to somehow talk to Tesla. And that happens over API. So this is what we mean when we say that web three becomes executable. Um, we mean that, uh, websites take a, can get stuff done dimension to it, not just read or write, but also executing things. And obviously people also call it the interactive web. That's what I called it back in spring of this year. Um, because the effect of it's being executable is that you can now have conversations with brands rather than just scrolling through and finding the right page and, and understanding the information, processing it yourself in a TikTok generation, people do not have the patience for such an organic future. They want, they want to interact with content interactively, not just spend 10 minutes finding the right pages and then processing everything themselves. Yeah, I, you know, like this is something, uh, I discussed it offline with, with someone because I was saying, you know, like if, if 
people keeps doing what they used to do the same way from content perspective, they will not reach any, any, any place because, you know, you have so much content, like even, I mean, relying only on search to, to find this information will become hard and people would need someone to go and summarize that for them. And this is exactly, you know, like it will be the, the bot or the agent uh, doing that. And to, to your point about, you know, the agents, I remember, you know, I was doing solo episodes when I started the podcast beginning of this year. And the moment I wrote Autos GPT, you know, like it, my podcast, you know, it, it skyrocketed all of a sudden because I, it seems like everyone was searching what this Autos GPT is about. And, you know, like it was the game changing from concept perspective. But you mentioned that you believe next year it will be the year where we will see more of these autonomous agents. Now, the question is, how good they would become because you said like, yeah, still it depends on, on, on the model behind, but from all the things, and I know like things change from day to day as we were discussing before we start. So, but, but what are, you know, now the expectations from, from these yeah. autonomous agents? I have a different, I have a different view on this. Um, I believe AGI has already been achieved, mm -hmm. but here's the thing. The internet is the AGI. So if you think about it, the internet is always learning, always iterating, evolving. It adds new functionality right. organically and the functionality it already has keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. So what is lacking in the world is orchestration of that intelligence, the harnessing of that intelligence. So there's this uh, movie my grandmother used to like to watch called Black Beauty about a, a, a black horse, but it could not be tamed. Nobody would be able to ride it. What good is it, that beautiful executable web, if you can't orchestrate it, if you can't ride it, if you can't harness it? So the, the starting with GPT-4, actually retroactively function calling now even works with 3.5, but really starting with GPT-4, the world was first introduced to this idea that intelligence could be or orchestrated. Now I'll just go really quick on a philosophical, sure. biological tangent to understand this. Okay. So when we are born or conceived rather, we're just one cell. And that one cell contains the information for every single part of your body, the DNA, right? So the epigenome is like the orchestrator that plays piano on a keyboard. You have all the keys, your DNA, but then what notes are being played? That's software. Okay. So same way that, um, same way the internet needs to be orchestrated and be used and harnessed in different ways. Our cells are basically genetically identical. They're like clones of each other, but they specialize completely differently depending on how the music is played. Okay. So what we are basically seeing in the human body, right, is um, a collective intelligence. Well, all of our cells are collectively combined working together to create what we say is the human experience. It is not, it is not, um, 
like one monolithic entity, like a, like a brick, like, hey, this human is a brick. Every cell in my body changes over time. It, it duplicates, it split. And so uh, I am a new person all the time, but I am also still myself. So the, 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 the being yourself comes from that orchestration, that collectiveness. Um, and then let's zoom out. Let's zoom out from that and let's just look at um, humanity as a whole. Even if you were to think of a human as a single entity, right? Not a, not a collection of intelligence, but as a single intelligence. But we all know our, our brains are a neural network, right? They're neurons connected to right. each other, right? But even if you would think of a human as a monolithic intelligence, let's just say that we have, I don't know, the scientific understanding of the 1500s or 1400s of the common people, right? And we just see humans as this like solid entity. Well, if you would take a human outside of its environment into a jungle, let's say, without tools, without a network, without people to rely on, what, you know, what could that person achieve in their lifetime, right? Would, would they ever, ever, right, build a skyscraper? Would they ever figure out how to get an airplane off the ground? I mean, it, it's unthinkable. Right? It would never happen. So, because they would be too busy surviving, right? They might not even survive a week. Like if you take me out of my habitat, I'd be pretty weak. In this habitat where I rely on people making food, people um, building things, and and I can just be, um, you know, a keyboard monkey all day, right? I I am strong in my habitat, but take me out of it and on my own. Without this collection of humans to support me all around the world, I am nothing, right? And so the same can be said for Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and, and, and Jeff Bezos and everyone that we so praise as like this, some genius humans. Without their support networks, they would have never achieved what we praise them for. So even if you see humans as a monolithic entity, we're still nothing in terms of intelligence. We say, oh, look what humans have achieved compared to animals. Well, we just have been able to orchestrate our intelligence better by collaborating. And uh, obviously, in, individually, we have a stronger set of hardware, so to speak, uh, for, for that intelligence. But collectively, that is really where we see amazing things happen. And, and so the same thing is true, I believe, when it comes to artificial intelligence. Right? Imagine that the next version of GPT or Google's AI or something. Let's, let, let's assume that it achieves artificial general intelligence. Okay, great. You've now got an intelligence that's as smart as my mother, let's say, and sits in a box somewhere by, by herself and can, I don't know, write poems, um, draw, like that has no impact on society if it's isolated from from everything else in the fabric of the world. The only way that becomes valuable is if you allow the AGI to, um, to use all the tools that humans have made and you retrofit them so that the AI can use them, which is the executable web, this web three, uh, you give them access to all the AI models, the APIs, all our data. You, um, you showed in your workflow, you know, the, the recipe, how Coca-Cola is made so that they can actually like go make Coca-Cola. Uh, but yeah. 
it's orchestration. It's how intelligence really works without orchestration. You know, there's this called AGI in a box on its own. It's, it's really like just a novel curiosity. It's like a, a human in the jungle without support network. So the real impact from AI is not just the foundation models. It's that next level of abstraction that comes on top of it. The way that they can orchestrate intelligence. So the question, Alexander, that usually people ask is what we will be doing if we have, and you are saying we have it. So how, how this will affect, you know, the way we work, the way we, 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 we do tasks. Yeah. What's waiting us? Yeah. So, um, today, <clears throat> today you need to, and can with Smith OS, you can do it yourself with code. Um, it has a lot of drawbacks and can take a long time. Uh, but today you can take your workflow, use a foundation model as the orchestrator of that workflow and pull again, the different AI models, video, text, um, audio, um, images, everything, um, tie it to all your data sources, um, your, your CRM, your, your documents, your images, you put it all in a, in a, in a database accessible for the agent. You, you bring in all the APIs that it possibly could use to accomplish the task. And so you map that workflow out just like you would onboard an employee, same way. And with Smith, you do that without codes. You do that with, you describe your task with English and you drag and drop all the, all the workflows together. Um, and so the AI is constrained to do what the workflow that you have designed it to do, which means it is safe and auditable. We call this constrained alignment. That's another approach to the alignment problem, not from a monolithic AI foundation model perspective, but from a orchestration collective intelligence. That's why I, I wrote um, the, a Turing test for collective consciousness around that to measure how those systems interact and how good they are um, and, and safe. And so today you can do that. You can orchestrate this. And so what happens tomorrow is the new foundation model comes out, new API comes out, better process is understood by company, better data is obtained. Okay. That's the trajectory of humanity. That's the living, breathing internet that keeps getting smarter, right? This collective intelligence that we have where all the data is there. Okay, what happens? Your agents basically become more capable. It is not going from now on, it's not a light switch that all of a sudden turns on. I mean, this is already here today. Um, and so how is it going to impact you? I made a LinkedIn post um, this, this last week and the last seven days or so. So by the time this airs, maybe three weeks for the audience, um, I wrote this, right? Boring work will be automated. So you'll just won't have to do it anymore. And exciting work will be collaborative. You'll have help. Um, so that's the future we're going to live with. Now, there's plenty of people who don't love doing boring work. And that includes me. And it includes my children. It includes my family and uh, my wife and parents and every colleague I've ever worked with. Um, even computer scientists, shocker, uh, don't love building 
yet one more login page and authentication. If you can avoid it, why even build it, right? Uh, what we love doing is orchestrating things. That's why there are platforms uh, like, um, like Ang Angular and React. Because why would you want to build all that stuff from the ground up every single time you have a new project? It makes no sense. So this is just the next evolution in that. We're just orchestrating intelligence. And how is the society going to change because of that? Well, pretty dramatically. Um, first of all, uh, there's this thing that I have been uh, calling the great reshoring, which means a lot of the offshore work is going to be pulled back into countries. Uh, the reason why they offshored in the first place is for cost savings. And now they can bring those cost savings in-house without, um, yeah, without having to rely so much on external resources for late for knowledge labor. Um, and that, then you may wonder, well, when, what happens then to all those freelancers in all those countries around the world? Uh, well, they're also going to have access to such agent technology. That means that now they will have the resources to build a hundred person team to compete with the companies they previously worked for. Well, how are they going to afford a hundred people team? Oh, well, that's simple. AI agents. So the world we're going to is one with, um, with, with, with everyone who has a good idea will now have a chance to implement that compared to trying to build a website in 1996 compared to trying to build a website in 2004 with WordPress. Much easier, much, much, much easier. The barrier of entry has just been reduced dramatically. Same thing will happen to economic access and opportunity for people around the world. Our lives are going to be very different. I think the vast majority of people will, um, will gravitate to working less days per week, have more time for their family and children, which will be a net positive for the world. If you, if you believe in that sort of thing, <laughs> parenting, what a novel idea. Um, I also think that we can spend more time on humanities and valuing things that truly matter. Um, you know, work is not who we are. It is something we do. And most of the time we work because of necessity. Um, most people, if they have a choice between spending more time with loved ones versus filling out spreadsheets or making PowerPoint presentations, I know what they would pick. And then there's a group of people who, who work uh, because they are truly excited about what they do. And believe it or not, if they have their financial or economic needs met, they would work for, for free, right? Uh, because they believe in it, because they're passionate about it. And honestly, that includes a lot of startup founders who can't afford to take a uh, check yet, right? Because they believe in their vision so much. Well, in the future, we're, we're all going to have our basic needs met thanks to this technology. And we're still going to want to do exciting things just because we're passionate about it. Uh, I'm very glad. Finally, I found someone who shares my, <laughs> my same thoughts, I would say, Alexander, because I remember also one time, you know, especially when, you know, ChatGPT was still new and revealed, 
a lot of uh, people were saying, hey, stop, don't do. And I said, hey, like, what, which one is better? You know, like uh, giving someone's, I call them silly tasks. It's exactly what you mentioned. You know, filling Excel sheets, just copy pasting data from the internet. And even actually you don't even sometimes need actual AI. You can just need and kind of automation to do this. And yeah, I would rather, you know, prepare to, to give people time to go, as you said, to spend time with, with the loved ones and do actually, you know, my dream is like, we, we reach a place where we go and spend time on, you know, problems that need exactly what you mentioned, this collective intelligence that we all have. And then we have the tools also to help us. Now, one thing, you know, you, because you touched a little bit on it for you know, now we're going to have a lot of people doing, you know, these freelancers, for example, that you just mentioned. So for the ones who are non-technical, coming from non-technical background, what are, you know, the requirements for them to get involved in this? So what's the simplest way yeah. to integrate, you know, AI with, with whatever business models they would, uh, they would uh, develop? Yeah. So everyone is talking about or was talking about this hottest new job called prompt engineer, right? Um, you need to evolve that into agent engineering. Um, and the beautiful thing is that it allows you to program with language. You can, you can program with natural language. And so the question then is what somebody needs to teach the agents, your special sauce, your way of doing things. Okay. Okay, let's just uh, imagine that um, I start a, um, a waffle restaurant here. Okay, I have a waffle restaurant. Now somebody else opens a waffle restaurant across the street from me. Okay, now we're both selling waffles. Why would people come to me? Well, I would have to make sure my waffles are better tasting, I assume. And I say right. waffles because I'm from Belgium, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have to make sure my waffles are better. Okay, how are my waffles better? Well, maybe it's my ingredients, my data. Maybe it's the way I, I prepare them, my workflow. Maybe it's the technique that my workers are using to uh, prepare them, the technique, my AI. Uh, maybe it is the different machinery and tools I have that help me make the waffle. Maybe it's a waffle maker deluxe X2000 model, right? And so, so the way I make my waffles is by orchestrating all that better than the competition across the street. That right there, um, to know how to do that, that requires expertise in something. So if you're in college and you're worried about AI replacing you, don't be. Uh, even AGI needs to go to school, so to speak, uh, by interning and learning the workflow and the special way you make your waffles better than others. So what skills are necessary? Um, well, I've got some experience with this because I am training, I'm training an entire generation of agents engineers or multi-agent system engineers, MACE, um, already. And I have already have some conclusions, even though it's early days. Um, the people that are most successful at this 
know something really, really well. So for example, don't ask, um, don't ask an accounting person to, to make and maintain an agent for marketing. They don't know what they are automating. Okay. So there's a room for everyone. Second, people that have more experience tinkering and playing around already today with GPTs and prompts and know how to make them do what you want. Those are the best people because they know how to program with language. Okay. If by now you are dealing with uh, employees who, who have, who have not really used AI in their workflow, have not used GPT by now, it is commonplace. Everyone can have access to it, even free versions. If they by now are not yet using it, it shows that they do not really have the disposition towards being successful as an agent engineer because it requires that curious mind. Yes. Then next up, I have put to get, uh, put against each other, um, software engineers and let's just call them AI hobbyists, prompt engineers, passionate about AI, tinkering, doing stuff together. Uh, this latter group is more successful than the software developers at, at making agents. It, it may, may be shocking to some, but uh, more important than, um, than knowing Java or Python, but those things don't, they're not important anymore. Uh, Python, JavaScript, other coding frameworks are just language. They're just language. And we have Google Translate in AI to translate our language to code. And we can evaluate it with human language. So if your entire specialization depends on a programming language, it does not give you an advantage with agents. Uh, you need to get out of your comfort zone, learn a new paradigm. And there's a new level of abstraction. Um, and and if, if it does still does not sink in with you, then think about it this way. If a client came to you and you insisted on using assembly language, talking directly to the hardware of the computer to solve every problem, you would not have a job unless your job is to code an assembly. All right. <laughs> Nobody would ever pay you for that amount of work. They would think, are you crazy trying to do that? So it's the same thing with agents. It's an abstraction layer above programming languages. So there is no point for you to go and reinvent the wheel and do everything in JavaScript or Python and so forth, unless, unless you need it. But for building agents, mostly you don't need it as much because it's more about orchestrating solutions. 95% of SaaS businesses, I could take a challenge, honestly. I could, I could replace 95% of SaaS business functionality with an agent in, with less than one week of effort in, in, in Smith OS, just without writing one line of code by just using different AIs, APIs, data sources, and my workflow. I could replicate 95% of SaaS businesses today in one week time. Uh, this week I created a, um, account-based marketing personalized content creator that makes landing pages, email outreach, LinkedIn outreach, and a video of my salesperson, um, 
basically 40 seconds of highly personalized video sales pitch. All of that. Um, it took me one day to put together and it, it replaces about four or five days of manual work that my salespeople no longer have to do. And they can now go to personal outreach. It took me one day. So the skills that you need is, um, curious mind, prompt engineering, learning how to use an API. Um, I think that's a valuable skill. Um, not everyone has it. So if you have software background, that is useful. Uh, but yeah, that's the, that's the, and then some, some specialization. So go to school, be good at something, um, like making better waffles than the person across the street. Wow. Really? I, I love this, uh, you know, analogy with the, with the waffle business. It was a <laughs> nice one. Um, fine. So again, like I'm asking these questions because people would have them in their mind. So people talk sometimes, okay, we got it. You know, we need to be having all this, but uh, we are a startup. We have limited resources, um, you know, how we can get this done. So for startups, like in general, MD, they are all the time with limited resources. So what are the cost effective way, you know, to put their hands on, 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 on this, uh, this, you know, all the things that you mentioned and be inside the world of AI. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> if you give it a little bit of time, all of this will come to you and it'll fall in your lap. So I predict, um, the end of, uh, Upwork and Fiverr.com, it will be like Blockbuster in the United States. Wow. Yes. Um, and the, the reason is agent marketplaces. If you need something, ask an agent, predictable outcomes, um, 24 seven available, lower cost. So mm -hmm. you only hire a human who is exceptionally specialized and talented. Um, if you need something done, most, most of complex work though, uh, when I was a consultant in the years or as fractional CTO building things for people, you know, you take a complex client problem, you break it up in small pieces. Uh, I could do almost all client jobs by stringing together. 10, 20, 30, 40, Fiverr gigs, and I orchestrate them. This is no different, but, um, I will paint you a picture of, um, what these marketplaces will look like. Okay. So imagine you have a company and, and, and you use Microsoft teams or you use uh, ChatGPT, and very soon the other ones are all going to imitate this and copy this over and it'll be everywhere next year. So. On the left side, you have this, um, well, at least in the West where we read in this direction, but like Slack and stuff, the, the, the list of people and discord is on the left for us and the way we write is on the right. Yes. And on the left, there's, uh, people and channels. Yes. Okay. When we want to ask something to the CFO, uh, accounting related, we don't go and talk to the person there that is a developer. We go ask the person who specialized in finance, right? 
So same way it goes when you need help with anything in the future. Imagine your work environment, your Slack, your Teams, whatever it is. Your agents are going to be available there in the sidebar. And um, if you don't have the talent to build your own, you just go to the marketplace and say, click, 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 click. Okay, I have my team now. And then you're going to talk to your, your orchestrator, your manager. You're going to say, now work with that team to make me a new website. That's how it becomes accessible to everyone, right? Uh, this is where we're going, 1,000%. Uh, replay this a few years from now. And in fact, I have been saying the same thing all year. You can go look at all my, all my past uh, recording. In the meantime, there is a, a period of transition, of course. Mm -hmm. And so there are these companies that are very cutting edge. The world is still working under the old capitalist market conditions, okay? If you come with, you know, 2040 technology in 2024, you're going to crush everyone. Just like if you take, uh, I don't know, these automatic machine guns and go back to Stone Age. No, you're the king of the world. <laughs> Nobody can touch you, right? Right, yeah. So this is, this is why myself and innovative companies, um, why we are taking advantage of this technology today, because, you know, we are, we are like, uh, gods in the marketplace, gods with a small G, right? So, um, it, it's, it's, it gives you superpowers, um, over, over the marketplace. It's an unfair, it's an unfair proposition. If you are just a small freelancer, right? Today, you can do so much more just using AI tools, even without agents. If you're not yet doing that, don't even ask me about agents because you're not even using what's in front of you, right? Um, I, I can write 30-page analysis white papers in, in, in one afternoon now. But learn to use these tools really good, and you're going to, you're going to be super-powered already today. Um, and if you already know how to do that and you want to take it to even, you know, even higher levels of power, maybe Dragon Ball Z next, uh, Saiyan transformation level or something, um, <laughs> then agents are the way you do that. And so the way I'm transforming the companies I'm part of is we are going department by department and saying, what is the biggest process bottleneck that takes the most time? And we're analyzing it. We're setting it down. We're diagramming mm. it out. And we're turning those processes into agents. And then we're rolling down. No, this is a, not consolidation of intelligence. This is aggregation. So what we're doing is we're making these agents then available to the right departments to help them accelerate their job 10 times, 10 times faster. And so if a service business uh, is like 20% profit margin with a, an office building and only local people, 30% um, profit margin with um, people from all over the country, 50% profit margin with uh, nearshoring, 60% profit margin with offshoring, then with agents, you go to 90% 90, 90 profit margin. You can imagine a company with... 10, 20 people doing the equivalent of work, what it now takes a team of a thousand people to do. And so what, what you can imagine, 
you know, a company that has a thousand people, you could never, ever hope to beat them with a small team of 10. Unless you now have the ability to do the work of a thousand people with 10 people, where your competitor has to pay a thousand people to do the work of a thousand people. And so, and so these big companies are bureaucratic, political, slow to maneuver, but you're a speedboat with your small team. So every Fortune 500 or Fortune 1000 company right now can be replaced by your startup if you use this technology properly. And you can do it with 4 or 5% of the, of the workforce. Just get you and your friends together and go pursue your idea. Uh, I have to strongly agree with you, Alexander. And just for fun, now I removed it when, uh, to your point about how if you leverage the technology. So uh, when I started my own consultancy beginning of this year, so you know when you put your team, so I'm putting my, 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 my own picture and I put chat GPT I, and I called it chief content officer. <laughs> of course, it was just for fun, you know, because people ask me like, how come you're doing a podcast? You're doing multiple things at the same time. Like how many people you have on your team? And I'm saying, yeah, it's me and chat GPT mainly um, because I leveraged it a lot. Right. Uh, and uh, now to your point, I think the marketplace idea I think this is what OpenAI they they they're bringing. I'm not sure if they're still on on track in in the App Store moment that they are calling it. But it right? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Even if they never release the store, you, you can, can now create agents and deploy them to your team by sharing the private link. So, right. If you have a team today and they log into ChatGPT and they don't already have five, ten, twenty agents to do everything in your company faster. You're already losing to companies like mine who do that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So don't wait. If, I mean, if you're, if you're not even using the tools you have, then yes, wait. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you are on the cutting edge and you're keen to beat your competition, you need to build agents. So the agent builders, um, to, you know, what is a chat GPT? I mean, it's a, it's a document with a chat. Boom, here, go and talk to a document. That's what it is. But right. when you have actions, you can add you can add APIs there. But did you know those APIs could be agents in the in and of themselves with complex workflows and intimate knowledge of your process, data, etc. That's completely separate and private to you as a company. And so what we do is we have this agent builder. You can build the most amazing workflows, um, even things humans couldn't do because you need to compare a thousand data sources at once, a human couldn't do it. And we just uh, click import in ChatGPT, one click, and boom, the agent I created here is now available here. Same thing with uh, Microsoft Copilot for enterprise. Yeah, and uh, when I told someone two weeks back, you know, when they just announced it, I said, he said, yeah, I get it, but you know, like what's cool about this action thing? And I said, yeah, because for example, imagine now, um, you're by yourself, you are a solopreneur, let's say, so you can have an agent called uh, accountant. He's not yet a CFO. Maybe with time he becomes a CFO. And then you have your operation guy, and then you have the, your sales marketing guy, and then you have, you know, so you have your team of agents, 
And then, you know, they talk to each other. And then they, you know, I said, really, I can do this? I said, yeah, with APIs, you can do yeah. that. And you know, Smith helps make that ridiculously easy. So that, um, that account-based marketing person I talked about, they create all the yeah. specialized content, right? Okay, so my next task is I'm building an agent that um, finds the right prospects to create specialized content for. Wow. That's a separate agent. And then after that, I'm building another agent that then evaluates critically the content and the people once more. Um, and just maybe final refinement like an editor or proofreader or whatever you would have in a company. And then the final agent uh, schedules all that content and HubSpot and so forth and, and connects to LinkedIn and posts it. And then from there on, I just say, um, I want you to do outreach to 100 people. First agent goes to work and finds people for me. Second agent creates content for them. Third agent evaluates the content, make sure I don't say anything silly, just make sure everything is correct. And final agent goes and schedules everything. And then I'll, all I watch is sit back and I watch my calendar fill up with appointments. Wow. And then I need an agent to get me out of that job too. <laughs> <laughs> Now, just out of fun, because, you know, sometimes people say, okay, but what if the other person on the other side is an AI, right? <laughs> so, well, why did your track finish as an AI? Yeah, no, but this is, this is a silly argument because it's only a matter of time because, before agents start purchasing from each other. And in fact, it already happens. If, uh, if let's say that you are um, 11 labs and you can make text to speech in a convincing yep. way, Right. When an agent calls on 11 laps, they are paying 11 laps money. Think about it. You have only authorized it with an API key. True. But the agent is purchasing from another provider already. So, so the, and the executable web, that's a silly question because the executable web, more economy transactions happen between agents than between humans. Wow. Yeah. You know, when I wrote this, people, they laughed at me. I wrote um, in 2017, I said, in the future, we will see AI selling to AI and transacting with AI. And people say, yeah, you're too much futuristic. I said, no, like, uh, I'm not futuristic. You're gonna, we're going to see it very soon. But, you know, some people talk, Alexander, also about the ethical aspects of things. So, and they say, you know what, like we need to be very careful. There is like, uh, you know, it can be biased. It can have, uh, give sometimes wrong information. So for, from, from medical considerations perspective, right. And especially for, you know, the sector of people we talked about. So what are some of the pitfalls they need to watch out when, when, when they start to implement AI? Okay. So. If you yourself are implementing a solution or workflow, you are ultimately responsible for the output. Okay. Back to the waffle place. If yeah. your waffles, if your waffles make people sick, you're responsible, not the machine, not, uh, not the ingredients you are responsible, right? So, uh, that means that you need to make sure your process is auditable and that it follows your standards. And so again, that's really hard to do without a solution like SmithOS. At SmithOS, we have full debug debugging of the of the workflow. So in each step, 
you can see exactly what each AI is doing and what the inputs and outputs are. And you can write your own test cases and test all the scenarios and make sure the outcome is always a delicious waffle. <laughs> that's that's nice one, Alexander, also. And, you know, you made me uh, now feeling I'm scared for some waffles. So, <laughs> so uh, as we are almost coming to an end, Alexander, like, where anything first that you you we you want also to share anything that we didn't discuss well um you can always invite me for a follow-up call if you have more yeah. questions um because an hour goes quickly if you're having fun um, yes and where we can find more about smith os and about you also yeah um go on linkedin alexander the ritter my handle is A-D-R-I-D-D-E-R, A-D-Ritter, on both um, X, formerly known as Twitter, and LinkedIn. <laughs> um, that's where I spend most of my time online. And then uh, my website, smithos.com, uh, has some information about what we're building. Um, this technology is very powerful. So we're, at this time, quite, I would say, quite select in who we give access to. But as part of our ethical approach, we are having scholarships for smaller companies and teams who we think are doing worthwhile things with it. Um, so reach out to us anyway, if you think that this is something that you want to pursue and you have opportunity to go and make something exciting, we want to, want to hear from you. Um, other than that, I just say um, treat AI like, um, like like a bag of toys with the excitement of a child and curiosity of a young child. Um, it is so much fun, so much fun. Yeah. And the things you can do with it, uh, it's just unbelievable. I had, um, I had, um, when I was a little boy in Belgium, I had a friend of the family who came to visit from America ever since I was little, the, my youngest memories as a child. And um, she became so friendly to the family, we called her aunt. And so whenever she would come, she would bring gifts. And um, I had, uh, you know, I say like, you're like the fairy godmother in like Cinderella or something, you know? <laughs> so recently I was able to, with AI, uh, make an original song for her, like saying thank you. I was nice. able to, with AI, make animations and video with that. And it, it, it only took me a few hours. I mean, I mean, that I would have had to go, I would have had to spend weeks to try and do that. Maybe learn how to write music. <laughs> I mean, have fun with this. Uh, my, my children got a visit from the Tooth Fairy with a letter recently. My, you know, my, uh, the, Things you could not imagine that you could do. Write a book. Write a book. Make a cartoon. Make an entire cartoon series with your own characters and humor and voiceover. You can now do it. All you have to do is orchestrate. Uh, write a book. Um, make a make a movie. Make a cartoon. Uh, go and uh, analyze your own transcripts. Go, please, if you do not do this, like record yourself every meeting, please. Record yourself copy paste the transcript in AI and then talk to the transcript. How did I do? 
It's the best business coach you've ever had. I do it every day. What did this person really want? I noticed like uh, my notebook here captures about five to 10% of what they really said. Wow. Yeah, you need to do that. So it's so much fun. Have fun with it. Absolutely, absolutely, Alexandra. And I have to agree with you on this. Um, and for me, you know, uh, it added a lot of value for me because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, not uh, uh, as as you can imagine, like uh, perfect in everything. But I'm a perfectionist at the same time. I like to to do my job as perfect as possible. I know I cannot be 100% all the time, but you know, leveraging the tool that are available and they think AI is one of the greatest tools that, that we have in our hands today. So we need to uh, to leverage it to the maximum. I 100% agree with you. And this is why, you know, uh, I get excited every time I have someone sharing the same, uh, I would say passion, the same uh, ambitions of leveraging technology. And I think, you know, the audience, they need to watch for, you know, what, uh, Similarly, OS will we will be uh, uh, bringing to to us because it's a really cool technology, and this is why I was I was hooked. Even you know once you know I I, I saw the you know you have on your landing page something over there, so it's something very 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 promising, and I think this is where the future also is going. And um, as usual, this is uh, you know I will make sure also the links you mentioned they will be in 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 the show notes. And this is how I end my episodes. So for the people who are first timers here, passed by, thank you for passing by today. If you like this episode, please subscribe. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, please don't forget to subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, also I appreciate if you can subscribe and give up the thumbs up. And if you are one of the our loyal audience thank you very much i keep reading every single message you send i keep reading all the notes you sent me also and thank you very much for your encouragement i love to see some feedback also as well so don't hesitate if you don't like something or you want me to bring a topic to the to the podcast i would be more happy than do this and also if you are interested yourself being with me to record an episode Wherever you are in the world, time zone is not an issue. I am kind of in a mid-area mid in the world. My time zone is very flexible. So don't hesitate. Also reach out to me. And thank you for tuning in. We'll meet again very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hit that subscribe button. Share the show with your tech-savvy friends and fellow entrepreneurs. And leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Your support means the world to us.